Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Reckless speculation. You want reckless speculation? You know this ain't gonna happen. How about reckless trade speculation? I spent so much of my weekend watching old school wrestling and like peak JR and Jerry Lawler. And it was it was just phenomenal. I love those yeah, two together. I think if we could if we could just get now Jim Ross is getting a little old now. Jim Ross, I think, referred to AEW as WWE on their oh, live show last boy. week. But uh yeah, if we could just get Jim Ross to announce all big sporting events. Yes. All due respect to to old Marv Albert who just retired over the weekend. Uh Jim Ross calling the NBA you know finals, I think, would be great. You boys need to tune in to some more of eighty-two year old Jim Cott. That's who you need to tune in <laughs> no, to. No, he more. was he's great. He's He'll criticize but he's somebody. He's good but too. he's eighty two. It's incredible. He sounds like he's fifty five. Yeah, no, he'll criticize somebody. Oh, it's, it's shocking. It was phenomenal. But my Bally point is, Sports North executives just oh my god, he's gonna say but something can you, negative. Can you imagine? Like he never ever there's he doesn't watch the twins consistently, and he never like gets confused or. I mean, this it's like he's fifty five. He's eighty two. At eighty two, I'm going to be slobbering if I'm alive. <laughs> I love it. You just you just expect all eighty two year olds yeah. to just be confused. No, but I'm saying you don't. I don't expect like, them oh to God, sound like they're in their fifties. I will tell he's you flat out on his own. That's I will crazy. tell you flat out as as a guy whose parents both got into that territory to have them be as sharp as Jim Cott is right now would have been phenomenal. It's yeah. really phenomenal. <laughs> Jim so get Cott, Jim Ross. He's not slobbering. Yeah, so get Come Jim join Ross. us tonight on Valley Sports Story. Have Jim Cott <laughs> work with Jim Ross, and Jim Ross can figure out how, how not to age so rapidly. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so this is Mackie and Judd, uh, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, and we just want titles. We want titles. And so um, part of that process is swinging big trades, and Declan's been thinking about Old school wrestling all weekend. Judd's been watching Jim Cott all weekend. That's great. I've just been scouring the salary charts. I've been scouring. I've literally been just refreshing Ben Simmons, Timberwolves, uh, other names, Timberwolves, rumors, Ben Simmons, (laughs) rumors, all weekend long here, just on my phone. Reckless speculation. And we have an update here. All right. This is a a summary from NBCSports.com. I'm just going to read you this. The last picture in most people's minds of Ben Simmons is a guy in his own head, his confidence shaken, passing up a dunk in Game 7 against the Hawks. With that came the perception that Simmons both needed to be traded and that his trade value had hit an all-time low, right? I mean, last year people were talking about 
Ben Simmons for the number one pick and other things. Ben Simmons for James Harden. And now it's like, oh, Ben Simmons for a bag of thumbtacks. <laughs> uh, while Philadelphia and GM Daryl Morey are open to trading Simmons, his value around the NBA is not as low as many fans think, according to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated. He said this on uh, Bill Simmons' Ringer podcast. Quote, I hear from executives all the time that are loving this Ben Simmons trade value has cratered conversation because they hope that Philadelphia believes that. I think his trade value is actually higher than what's being publicly portrayed, but you're going to continue to hear a lot of that negativity around Ben Simmons. In other words, I think people value him pretty high across the league because I do think there's a belief that someone's going to figure the shooting thing out. So now I have a couple Ben Simmons trade scenarios here to run by you. One that we floated before that I've thought about more this weekend. But when you see this report, Chris Mannix very plugged in. Do you think Ben Simmons is going to be had for like 50 cents on the dollar? Or do you think there's going to be enough teams involved to where you're still going to have to pay full? I believe there was another report that said it's going to take an all-star caliber player mm -hmm. to get him. So whatever, whatever, whatever you want to sort of defer from that. But sure. what are you guys thoughts? I don't think it's going to take as much as it would have last year because I do think the price last year was extremely high. And probably at that point in time, given the expectations that still surrounded him should have been the playoff uh, lack of success definitely is going to decrease his value a bit, but it's not going to be, Hey, we'll give you a second round pick and a first round pick in 2027 or something. And yeah, just take, I, it's going to take more, and and that's why that's why I think if it's the Wolves, it might have to be if they were to make this trade, D'Lo, uh, because I don't. Fans always want to package their garbage and like one sort of good piece, but they don't want to give up their their key pieces. I don't think the Sixers are going to make that trade. Where I don't think the Mannix report is correct is figuring the shooting thing out to me. It's a very simple sports type of thing to say. Just figure it out. Yeah, just work on it. Just work on it. He's mentally broken. So, like, you can't say, you know what? We're going to figure it, it out. Because this is a type of thing that we saw in the playoffs, Phil, can creep up now at any time and get much worse. So, let's just say you get him back to being sufficient or good. He's not great, but he's good. Okay, but then the pressure gets on in the playoffs and he starts to fall, come apart. I don't like the sportsy, we'll just fix that. Like, Knobloch's throwing to first base. You can't just be like, we'll fix it. You can think that you can. And this is the this is the thing ab about Simmons where if I was negotiating with the Sixers, I would make this very clear. Um, because the one thing, the hubris of sports teams is, we'll do what you couldn't do, right? Like, the Sixers can't do it, but we can. You're not the Francisco Liriano White Sox thing, right? Don you, Cooper sees you know what a couple is? things in his delivery. It's the girlfriend thing, right? He's a bad boy, but I'll fix him. I'll tame him. I'll get him to calm down. Like, you can't just do that. It doesn't work that way. That's not how life works. So, yes, you're exactly right. So that's the one thing that I would caution against saying his value sh should be as high as it previously was. Thinking you're going to fix him for sure is the type of hubris that gets you in trouble. People are also, I think, mistakenly like, yes, he's a bad shooter. And yes, he had a meltdown in the playoffs. But I think people are mistakenly saying, well, if you can't fix his shooting, then he's a worthless player or like, or, you know, sure. that because he can't shoot, therefore, everything else that he does really well is worthless. Well, that's not true. Even if you take away the shooting, he's one of the best defenders in the league. He's one of the best for, for his position, rebounders, passers in the league. 
uh, one of the best at getting to the rim and then converting at the rim and scoring at point-blank range inside five feet. So there's a lot of things that he does really, really well. And then if he can just be passable in some of the shooting areas, yes. mid-range, free-throw line, nobody's asking him to be Bradley Beal from downtown. But I've been thinking a lot more about, believe it or not, the Philly Sports Network blog trade that we just threw out. We were throwing out all these fun Ben Simmons ideas last week, and it's all fun and games, right? It's all reckless speculation. It's all fun and games. Until you really start to drill down deep. And I think one of these trade scenarios is not just fun and games. I think it checks all of the boxes for all of the teams involved. And this, uh, I, I will put this as my number one favorite trade scenario involving the Timberwolves and Ben Simmons, presented by our friends at PXG. PXG Minneapolis, if you're a golf fan out there. And uh, you just want to shave a few strokes off your swing. You want to look better. Mm-hmm. PXG Minneapolis is a golfer's paradise. Stop by. They've got clubs and they've got apparel at all different price ranges. Uh, so check them out inside Southdale Center. And uh, maybe those Gen 4 golf clubs. Those We're talking about uh, the, the Ben Simmons at his peak is sort of like the Gen 4 golf clubs. If you can get that shot honed, then you'll have uh, something of the caliber of the clubs that PXG makes, drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons, etc. Uh, PXG.com slash Minneapolis. So here it is, if you guys uh, don't remember it from last week. Okay. The Wolves would get Ben Simmons. The 76ers would get Kyle Lowry in a sign-in trade mm-hmm. from the Raptors. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to that in a second. They would also get Malik Beasley. Naz Reed and a 2024 first round pick. So just three years down the road, kicking a first round pick. The Raptors would get Ricky Rubio's expiring contract, which is a $17 million chunk that comes off the books. It would help them in free agency next summer. Jarrett Culver, for whatever he's worth, former number six overall pick, right? And then a 2022 first round pick. They have it top 10 protected. We can. We can comb through those details at a later date. But when you look at the boxes that would need to be checked here, okay, let's start with the 76ers. They want to get an all-star caliber player for Ben Simmons. Well, Kyle Lowry might be 35, but he's made the all-star game six times in the last seven years. He's a sniper shooter. He's still one of the best guards in the NBA, and he's got Philadelphia ties. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. The Raptors would get something for Kyle Lowry who's a free agent. This would be a sign-and-trade. So if Kyle Lowry wants to go sign somewhere else, the Raptors would get nothing. So I would think it's very appealing for the Raptors if you go to them and say, listen, we got a solution here for you, all right? Um, you're going to get something for a free agent. It's a sign-and-trade, but you're going to get you're going to get an expiring contract. You can take a flyer on a former top six overall pick, and you'll get a first-round pick in 2022 for a guy that could walk if he wanted to and sign anywhere that would pay him the money that he wants. And then the Timberwolves, the box that they would check, they would get Ben Simmons without having to give up D'Angelo Russell, Ant Edwards, or Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, the salaries all work out. I just I and look at this first and I'm like, picks boy, would come from the Timberwolves. Is that correct? Yeah. So the Wolves would so be give, so yes, they give two. The Wolves would picks. be giving up two future first round picks. Okay. And by the way, you'd have to wait till after the draft to do this. Because the NBA league rules that you can't trade back to back future first round picks, mm-hmm. so you'd have to, you'd have because you don't have any first round picks this year. You'd have to wait till after the draft, which is what would happen anyways. So the Wolves would be giving up Ricky Rubio, basically his one year contract, Jarrett Culver, 
um, Malik Beasley, Naz Reed, and two future first-round picks. So a lot of pieces, but they get to keep the three core 25 and under pillar players and add Ben Simmons to that bunch. What do you guys think? My favorite part I of, think it's legit. My favorite part of this trade from the Wolves' point of view that I would hate to give up is actually not Beasley. It's Naz Reed, who I like a well, lot. I thought you were going to say it's Ricky Rubio's leadership because <laughs> Edwards loves Ricky Rubio's leadership. I don't, which, which it's, it you know what, that's, think a little bit. That's fantastic. I am glad. And they can keep in touch, too, because we've got cell phones now and... <laughs> Gmail and what, whatever. AIM? We got instant AOL. That's, the, that's the oldest Judd has ever sounded right yeah. there. AOL right there. or whatever. Or, you know, we got selfies that they can take and send back and forth. <laughs> We've hey, got getting, the internet now. Getting ready for a big game. How are you doing, Ant? Oh, I'm doing great, Ricky. But you know what? We don't need Ricky Rubio here. So that's great. Uh, yeah, I Naz Reed is actually probably the biggest part of this trade to me if I'm the Wolves that I hate to part with. But that being said, like the shooting really concerns me. But here's why I'm curious about this trade. The more I think about the potential, which I do think has decent potential, the step up in defense that you would get, um, and and it sounds like so. So the fear, the fear of the trade is Ben Simmons can't really shoot, and and it's sort of Ricky part duh, right? Like you mm-hmm. got a guy that really can't shoot, and Ricky has some attributes, but he's definitely getting old and slowing down. Ben Simmons is not slowing down yet. So what intrigues me is what would be the upgrade, the significant upgrade in defense that you would get to offset the shooting problems that Simmons might have? Because I don't know, like I think Finch's system and the system that the Wolves are going to put in place with a full training camp is going to help this team. But I don't know right now if you have the components or the players to defensively get to where you're going to need to be to actually be truly competitive. So that's the one thing about this that the more thought I give it really does, because this guy right away defensively would improve you by how much? I mean, it would be a lot. Yeah, I mean, you would, right now you're one of the worst defensive teams Correct. in the league. And, and I don't you know would, you're going to improve that that much with this but current you will. group. No, no. Oh, with this no, current group. With you're this saying- cur- what, what I'm saying is... With this current group, if you make no moves, I think yes, your no, defense. Agreed. I think your defense might take some incremental small steps because of systems and practice time and all that. But you don't really have a group of people that say, "I love defense." Yes. Now, I think, like with Cat, you know, with some of these guys, like the ship has kind of sailed. Like Cat can get a little better defensively, and you've seen Chris Finch was able to put him in some certain spots. Is Cat ever going to be what KG was in his prime defensively? No, he's just not. Uh, I'm sorry, D'Lo is never going to be a lockdown perimeter defender. He's too small, and he's just not shown any sort of ability or wherewithal. Um, Ant looked lost a lot last year defensively. There's still some hope because of just his athletic ability, his motor. I think the book is still out on him as to like how good of a defensive player he can be. I think he can be a good, but but again, it's sort of you're flipping a coin going into next year. Ben Simmons, it's it's there's two types of I think defensive players that would help the Wolves. There's rim protector, like Miles Turner coming in and just being a shot blocker, rim protector guy, right? But I think the thing that would help them the most is somebody up at the top of the defensive formation, a perimeter defender that's going to prevent the whole thing from caving in to begin with. You you watch any Wolves game this season, and uh, the, the new phrase that people love to use 
in today's NBA circles uh, and just fans is like this. It's called the spin cycle when when a team runs pick and roll or it's just a one on one breakdown. James Harden at the top of the key and you get by the first line of perimeter defense. And now it becomes like the defending team has to rotate, rotate, rotate. And now there's ball movement, swinging the ball around, and they're always going to find the open shooter. And if you can at least delay that from happening, Mm -hmm. you're probably never going to stop it in today's NBA because you can't hand check. But it's like if you can, instead of it happening at 18 seconds on the shot clock, so the opposing team now has half the shot clock to put you through the spin cycle and get an open look, if you can delay it from happening by an extra five seconds or something, right? Cause some chaos. (laughs) That's really what the Wolves need to do a better job of. And so... I love the idea, uh, and not to mention if Ben Simmons comes in and you don't have to give up Cat, D'Lo, or Ant. The other question you're going to wonder is, well, wait a second, they give up Beasley, so they're losing some shooting there, but Cat is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. D'Lo is a great three-point shooter, and Ant in the second half of the season showed he can shoot. You also have guys like Jalen Noel, like you've Hernan Gomez is still on your roster. You've got three-point shooters around, and there's still some things you could probably do to bring in uh, veterans. You've got shooters around Ben Simmons, maybe even more than Philadelphia, and he would just have to be a distributor and a guy to uh, get out of the way of some of these guys who are more ball centric. So, I don't know. I love it. What What about you, Declan? Where are you at with this? I like is this it. just a crazy blogger no. trade scenario? This or is what? not. I mean, the only side that that is concerning in the trade is Toronto. Like Toronto's basically saying, "All right, we're gonna get rid of Kyle Rau- Lowry. We're gonna get." No, two th- for- he's gone now. He's gone now. Kyle Lowry is a free agent right now. Okay, but but regardless, they're moving on from him. They've moved on from that championship team. They're heading a reset build. Like they're basically yep. going to be rebuilding, right? I think, although they won their championship, and on this show we want championships, and you do whatever it takes to get those championships. I don't know if Toronto's just going to go into a complete rebuild, reset mode. I don't know if they will do that. However, to the Nas Reed point, if 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 Nas Reed is the you know camel that breaks the straws back on this trade, then we have other Minnesota sports problems we're dealing with there. Because it's even though he's a nice rotation player, it's Nas Reed. Mm-hmm. I get, Nas Reed at his best, I don't think is going to be like a quote-unquote game-breaker on any team. He's a nice player. He belongs on most rotations. I'm not saying he's replaceable. But if it's Nas Reed from the Timberwolves side that is like, oh, a fan side, oh, I can't do that because I really like Nas Reed and he's really important off the bench and he's a really important player just in general. But you can get Ben Simmons... You have to pull off that trade. I feel like that is a very Minnesota sports thing to do, though, where it's like, oh, man, do we have to throw in Aaron Hicks to get Cliff Lee? Oh, I don't know. That's probably feel true. like he's going to be good at some point. It's like, yeah, Naz Reed's a good player, but Ben Simmons, even with the shooting flaws, is one of the top yeah. 25 to 30 players in the NBA. In my defense, I honestly believe unloading Beasley right now would, would be a positive. I know he can shoot. I know he has attributes on the court. But the off the court stuff scares me, and I don't know that he's good enough to justify it. So Reed to me is just a solid backup. Um, and ultimately, you know, if you trade him two, if you trade two first round picks, one goes to the Sixers and one goes to the Raptors. One of those two could hurt you more. But I just don't see the big deal in trading Beasley, and in fact, think it would be a net positive possibly if you could, because I don't know. I don't know Beasley gets it. Like he'll tell you he gets it. I don't know he gets it. And the last thing that you need is off-the-court problems on a continual basis. Listen, we've all pulled a shotgun on yeah, a passerby or in our me. neighborhood before. I mean, it's, We've all tapped on the window of a family yeah, you, <laughs> driving I, by. Yeah, I mean, that's the type of stuff. And then you're in car. You know, I mean, we you never want to have the conversation about a player on a team in your town 
Well, when they get out of jail, they can go work out with the wolves. Like, that's not a good conversation to have. That's not the normal, you know. Reckless speculation. For instance, when he gets out of a walking boot, he can go practice. Oh, that's good, right? When he gets back from Europe, he can practice. Okay, I, I can get my head around that. When he gets unincarcerated, that's where I probably draw a line and think that's really not a good path to go down. When he gets the ankle bracelet removed. Um, All right. Here's another one for you guys. Mm -hmm. We'll get to statements. We'll get to random season recall on today's show. Former Mackey and Judd intern Duncan Goldberg floated this idea to us. He has he has become uh, a member of the reckless speculation club, if you will. Lifestyle. So the Timberwolves would get Ben Simmons. The 76ers would get the all star player that they covet for. Ben Simmons, in Bradley Beal. I'm also tweaking this because there's some salary things in here that make it kind of tough because the Wolves have to give up enough salary to get Ben Simmons. Uh, Bradley Beal makes a little bit more than Ben Simmons. So I'm saying the the Sixers get Beal and Malik Beasley, which is quite a bit. Um, The Wizards would get the Wolves' 2022 and 24 first-round picks, Ricky Rubio is expiring, and George Hill from the Sixers. So Ben Simmons to the Wolves from Malik Beasley, two first-round picks, and Ricky Rubio's expiring. Mm-hmm. The Sixers get Bradley Beal and Malik Beasley, and they give up Ben Simmons and George Hill, which seems like the Sixers might have to give up a little bit more than that, but we can tweak some of this. And then the Wizards, who should they really should have been rebuilding like two years ago. It's time, guys, okay? Uh, they would get two first-round picks, an expiring Ricky Rubio contract, and I believe an expiring George Hill contract for a year guaranteed of Bradley Beal because he has a player option for the year after that. Your thoughts on that? So the Wolves, so the Wolves, uh, the Wolves get yeah, Ben give, Simmons yep, give me from what, Malik Beasley, yep. Ricky Rubio, yep. and two future first-round picks. Yeah, I'd be tempted to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, again. I mean, that's a, that's a better deal than the yeah. Beasley to me is not a huge loss. The first round picks are, but you're going to have to give something to get a good player back. Yeah, I I think both trades that you have floated so far have been plausible. Like, I wouldn't laugh at them and say that's ridiculous. And I mean, you're going to have to give up. If you can avoid giving up D'Lo, I think internally that would be considered a win. Yeah, I think the only way you can pull this off in a one-on-one deal with the 76ers is to give up D'Lo. Because like the Sixers want, they're they're looking to swap Ben Simmons for someone who can shoot threes and also handle the ball on the outside. They're just looking for a different type of guard on the outside that can stay clear of Joel Embiid and just be more of a complimentary player. Sure. The 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 only way you would get that, like you're not going to be able to trade Philadelphia in a one on one deal, Malik Beasley and Ricky Rubio, and have them think that they've upgraded somehow. Like yeah, they would upgrade their shooting with Beasley. Uh, the only way I think it gets done one on one is if it's D'Lo. And I don't know, I would still probably consider that if I'm the Timberwolves, but it's not the no-brainer that right. adding Ben Simmons to your current trio of young players. So who's going to come in and, and from the standpoint of different teams that might be talking to the Sixers, who's going to come in and potentially, uh, if not blow the Wolves' offer out of the water, certainly compete with it, that would make it difficult? Well, I think, Scott, there's so many Aussies and Dominoes. This is where it gets interesting because there's going to be a lot of teams that also are trying to get Damian Lillard. 
or maybe even CJ McCollum. Like there's, there are so many things that could happen this off season, but I'm curious to know, are there teams that are interested in Damian Lillard and also potentially Ben Simmons? And, and like they'd have to strike out on Damian Lillard to even enter the Ben Simmons. Does Dame get traded? I still can't figure that one out either. Like I think Simmons gets traded. He reportedly wants out, but obviously Portland, like they brought in Chauncey Billups to coach Dame Lillard. Correct. And to take this thing to the next level. I think Portland's in the mix to get Ben Simmons. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Mm -hmm. swapping C.J. McCollum. Maybe C.J. McCollum goes to Philadelphia and something else. And then Ben Simmons comes in here and and maybe, maybe that unclogs things for Philadelphia. And it just provides a different layer and a different element for Portland, which has been stalling out basically in the same spot for seven years now. So, um, but I think just to put a bow on this, if the Timberwolves want Ben Simmons and if they want Ben Simmons without giving up one of their three best players, it has to be a three or a four team trade. And so these are the types of, you gotta, you gotta find those teams that are looking to potentially hit the rebuild button. So you can throw those first round picks over there, Toronto, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some interesting ideas here, and I'm here for it. This give is me, a blast. Give me your Wolves playoff percentage with and without Ben for 2021-22. Are we talking like Let, to like, make the play-in tournament? Well, I mean to make yeah to make the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. So if to be a top ten team, what what's your percentage without him? If no trade is made, or you know, let's say that one of the two trades that you've gone through is made, what does it go to? I think without him, God, like there's so many teams. I mean, Golden State's going to get better. Dallas, like, let's try. Like, who are the teams above the Wolves that are for sure going to come crashing down? I just don't. I mean, that's a non-existent list, basically. So if you know, they could still if they don't get Ben Simmons, they could still get a Miles Turner. They could like, there's still ways they could add to this team. But I would say without Ben Simmons, I mean, it's probably a 15 to 25 percent chance. Mm-hmm. They get I I'm not I'll say twenty five percent chance, twenty five percent chance, because that's probably too low. I would say they did. I would say thirty to thirty five. Still below fifty. We're yeah, all still saying below, below 50, fifty, right? Below fifty. Okay. Below yeah, fifty. Below fifty. If they get Ben Simmons without giving up D'Lo Ant or Carl Anthony Towns, it's for sure above fifty percent to make the playoffs. I'd say they're more in that like. Five to eight seed range. Okay. If they add a player like that, and now, like, think about this too. Like, you, you know, it's not like the NFL or Major League Baseball where, God, in the NFL, you need a 53 man roster still, right? You can't just have a quarterback and a receiver. Like, you still need all these other things. In the NHL, you need four lines. In, in baseball, you need 25 guys. If you have four bad bullpen guys, like, you're not making the playoffs. In the NBA, you really need an eight to 10 man rotation. And if you've got cat Delo, Ant, and Ben Simmons, and then you've got guys like Jared Vanderbilt, you've got uh, Jalen Noel, like you've got some other interesting little pieces. Josh Akogi is still kind of a rotation guy. Um, you only need to find like five other dudes that can contribute, shoot or play some defense, grab yeah. some rebounds, bring some energy. And, and you've got something. So you now below 50% without him. And then I would say closer to like 65, 70% with him. Good to be back. Reckless speculation. Good to be back. 
The holidays are over. We're right into it. Speculation. And uh, that feeding of reckless speculation was also presented by our friends at Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to help give you peace of mind as a business owner. They create specialized and tailored services and products for your business. And you can find a full list of industries that they protect that range across the board. Go to their website, federatedinsurance.com. Um, and also uh, check out some of the amazing new products and resources like MyShield, uh, different training products and safety training. So federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, boys, every single week, usually on Mondays, we do uh, a full recap of the weekend in statement form. We've got like three full days of weekend to recap in statements, hmm. plus we weren't all together on Friday. A lot of things have happened since last Thursday. So, Declan, why don't you start us off here? Mackie and Judd statements from all the right. weekend. Weekend statements. Yeah, a lot, a lot happened on, over the weekend. Uh, I'll start with the sports scene because this is a hashtag sports show, and we hashtag stick to sports. So I'll, I'll start with sports uh, for, our, for a weekend statement one. My first weekend statement is enough of the checkers, time for chess. And I am not talking about myself playing checkers and chess by myself. That maybe have happened. I'm talking about Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild. So over the weekend, they, they signed Joel Erickson-Eck to a max deal. Quote-unquote max deal. Eight years. Give him an eight-year contract. $42 million. That's 5.2 per. It's a pretty large deal for, for a, a center. But at the same time, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm mostly okay with it. Judd might disagree with the term of it. But a $5.2 million cost for a center on a team that has been looking for them, who's a two-way player, um, is pretty affordable. The cap's flat for the next two years. If you're getting the Joel Eriks neck that existed last season, who was basically play, playing at a 30-goal pace over 82 games, that's going to be a damn steal down the, low, down the line. So I don't, have a, I don't have an issue with that. And then yesterday, Nick Bukestead, the former Mr. Hockey winner, Minnesota native, he re-signs with the Wild. One year, like $900,000 chump change deal. A, a, a guy who's in and out of the lineup a little bit, but can play center and can play wing. Not really a difference maker by any means, but a solid bottom six guy to round out um, your forwards. Now I want to get into some chess here, okay? Now I want to know what the hell we're going to do with Kevin Fiala's next contract. Is Kirill Kaprizov's contract going to start picking up? The Jack Eichel steam is, is starting to bubble a little bit more. Is it still the asking price of multiple first-round picks and top prospects? What other trades also could you make to get a center who's not named Jack Eichel on this team? You know, I think the, obviously the biggest task for the Wild going forward is resigning Kirill Kaprizov. That's task number one: is getting sure that make, making sure that deal is the right one. Hopefully, in the four to five year range. But I can understand why Kirill wants a short term deal. But figuring out what you want to do with Fiala, figuring out what you want to do with Kaprizov, the expansion draft also is in a couple weeks, and you're going to have to pick up the phone and figure out ways to finagle other things. Enough of the checkers, Bill Guerin. Let's play some chess. They're coming. It's coming. It's coming big time. I think that they're very seriously setting themselves up for a Fiala trade. It makes perfect sense. For uh, he's your chi- he's your chip to get a center that you think is really good. Like he he's your chip, and I don't think it gets you Eichel. And by the way, I think I'm out there. The neck problem. He still has not had surgery. They still haven't decided. There's the off the ice components we don't know about. The asking price is enormous. If you're wrong, that's how you get fired. Um, I think that they're going to make a trade or attempt to make a trade for a center that slots above Eck on the depth chart. Uh, and I think Fiala might be the chip there. I don't know they are as in love with Fiala Dex as we are. 
And so I think your I think your chess uh, game might be coming, and I think it might be coming in the next couple weeks. And just to piggy, piggyback off what you said about the Eck contract, I love it. I, I think it's outstanding. It's a premium position, and you got him at a decent rate. And the problem is, again, Dex, you made this point a thousand times, and you're right every time. The problem is, what did Twitter light up with? The analytics, and he uh, and he's regret and. and the term regression, I get it completely, but it's now a crutch. Well, there could be regression. Well, yeah, you know what? I could die tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> I right, saying people say that that Erickson Eck has regressed. No, they're they're afraid he's going to. Like he had a career year last year. Yes, and and you know what? And he might regress as far as the statistics go, Phil. As far as the goals and points go, but he's a two hundred foot player. He does everything, yeah. which is a which is a skill set that's hard to find. Which it which gives him an inherent value that's way above. Uh, particular statistics that you can find. But the term regression is now used by sports fans who, who are like, yeah, he had a great year, but there could be regression coming. Well, yes, but let's look at that sometimes. And if you've watched the games, you get that certain people do things that go above and beyond like the goals and points. So, Dex, I think you're, you're right. I think the Erickson Eck contract in three years looks like a really good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the Wild did right by that. But I think that your game of chess, I think that is coming in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited for it. Why does Erickson Eck not produce more points? I'm going to ask a hockey 101 question. Is his value sort of, uh, is his value in and around, I guess, why doesn't he score more goals? Why doesn't he dish up more assists? And where are the hidden points of his value? The hidden points of his value are the complete game he plays. Now, he needs to improve in faceoffs for sure. That's one place where he should be good and he's not good yet. But that being said, the value in his game, at least as he's been used, is what? It's as sort of a third-line guy on shutdown lines. Mm-hmm. He, he gets his points. If if you truly want to go geek about this, Phil, his points come from taking points away from other top players. That's the value. So, like, he's yeah. with – he and Foligno and Greenway played a very important role in shutting teams down. And that's their top assignment. And the points and goals that come at times, especially in key games against uh, top teams, is probably considered gravy. So it's the fact that he plays such a complete game. He drives people crazy, which is outstanding. And he costs guys like McKinnon and McDavid probably to a certain degree. He costs them points. So he sort of gets he sort of gets points as well. For the fact that they don't in games that he plays. Eck is not a naturally talented player who's going to take over games with his skill. Like Kevin Fiala has that. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov has that. He's not that kind of player where his skill, his natural skill, wows you. Uh, But what he did last year was he started shooting the puck a lot more. He puts himself in front of the net. Almost a lot like a Zach Parise workman type. He's going to work super, super hard. Um, and he was a Selkie, you know, he finished fourth in Selkie voting, so he was just outside of being a finalist. He's Diet Miko Koivu in the in the retrospect of he can play two way games. Miko, I would actually argue, was more naturally gifted than Joel Eriksson Eck. He, he was no, more naturally gifted. He yep. had more actual skill. He could toe drag and move around. But in general, Eck is going to be a two center. People want him to play more top six, top three minutes. Best case scenario, he's a second line center. Yep. Where, where in, in retrospect, he's more in in that third line role, which really can be a, a good spot for him. He, by the way, was uh, around fortieth among centers last year in point shares, according to Hockey Reference, which kind of goes in line with what Declan's saying. That yeah, he's not up there with the top line centers anywhere close to them, but 
But you're going to need a second line center too for the next four, five years. And it's and not a uh, contract that that is that um, financially. You said this is stupid. It's a very fair contract. Yeah. Cool, Judley. Mm, let's see here. Do you want my non-sports one or a sports one? <laughs> I've got a bunch of stuff. I mean, there's four, this is four days of me, uh, Twins baseball, and a lot of beer. Oh, give wow. us a give us a non-sports one. Yeah, okay. Give us a non-sports one. Okay, here's my non-sports one. I've grown. I've never liked them before, but I have grown to despise fireworks. Oh. The Fourth of <laughs> July is the only holiday where you always wake up the next day to numerous reports of tragedy. People with their hands blown off. People, that poor Columbus Blue Jackets know, kid goaltender got hit by what, like a dude, mortar? He died. He died. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, for, for, you know, oh, if, oh I'm, I'm going to set off fireworks. Like, how is this worth it? it, it would way, be, that, dude, that dude played, I so think he sad. played juniors in Edina at one point. Like, oh, did he, he? He definitely, he has some Minnesota connections. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. But anyway, it's super sad. But I mean, that's just one, that's just one thing of a litany of things I saw yesterday about fires that started and garages that burned down and, and blah, blah. I mean, Imagine waking up December 26th and be, being like, well, Santa killed three people yesterday, but it was a great Christmas besides that. I mean, it's the only holiday where we sort of accept casualties. Why? I don't need I this. I feel like I'd, I'd love to sit here and argue with you on this and uh, and fight you and present some sort of dissenting opinion. But I run almost everything in life through the filter of upside, downside. I do too. Right? Yes. So we're going to like this weekend, you know, we went, we did some hiking, got some great views and the upside is great workout, great life experience, love to travel, right? All these great things that check boxes. The downside is, well, I guess you could run into a bear uh, or like a cougar or you're, something as I'm, you're hiking out in the wilderness. Yes. I'm with you. So you get away, you get away that for sure. But, you know, the chances of it happening are very low. Like there's really... People rarely get killed by bears and cougars, right? So, okay, but you do that evaluation. Okay, fireworks. Let's wear the downside. Well, death, <laughs> loss of limbs, yes. fingers, yes. Um, premature explosion. I mean, it happens. You see videos just all over social media every single year, right? I would also argue downside for fireworks includes just noise. Even like oh people were God, lighting dude. off leftover fireworks yesterday oh, we, on the fifth. We right? had them going just, on yes. down our down our block in the alley. But I mean, even that, I'm just talking about where where else? When else do you wake up from a holiday to a list of casualties? Well, hold on, I'm, yeah, and I'm not done yet. So uh, downside: <laughs> casualties, limbs, yes. fingers, noise. Uh, it's expensive too. Like all these things, right? Okay, upside for fireworks. Okay. Ooh. Ah, I don't know. What is the upside? You get to take some grainy phone footage of things blowing up in the sky. I mean, you can drink a beer without fireworks. You can gather with your friends without fireworks, right? You right. can play loud music without fireworks. Right. And you can hang out by the water without fireworks, hang out on your boat without fireworks. I just don't like, I, I don't know what the up, what's the upside of fireworks. I don't know. I, I don't mean, think you guys are the ones that convince me. It sounds like we're all American in culture. Agreement. It, yeah, and I know some people like, them. like to blow things up. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I mean, nothing, I, nothing says celebrating your country like blowing things up. I suppose if they're done professionally, and you know, there's a, a great grand finale, that's cool. But you're sure. right. But you're right. And the thing is, the downside is so down. Like if you lose, if your 
you know, I don't know, parents or your brother or sister gets killed by fireworks. Was that really worth it? And that's the I mean, type it of stuff it that can it happen. It depends on what the finale was like. And we'll, that we'll type of stuff can that. happen. And it's these and it's these yahoos who go buy it themselves and then blow stuff up and start their house on fire or their garage <laughs> on fire. So anyway, but I mean, I'm just we've got enough bad news. My God, we just had a pandemic. Okay, I don't need to wake up to a. And it, I'm serious. I mean, the Columbus. Blue Jacket goalie dying is so sad, and mm-hmm. it's so depressing. And, I mean, his poor family, this guy, he was 24. He had his whole it life in front terrible. of him, and he's dead because of a stupid, you know, I, I mean, and, and here's the thing, too. There are some things that the youth of America does, and we did, too, that could cost you your life. That is a very bad decision. But, like, I don't consider this kid to be at fault for going to a house that had fireworks, right? Like, like he didn't he didn't do something stupid. He thought he was going to something that was going to be fun. And he ended up dead, dude. So, so he took a mortar to the chest, and then like yes, or the the other report that he was he was trying to frantically get out of a no, hot tub. He or took a, a mortar to the chest. It turned out that the first report was he slipped and fell and hit his head on concrete. But the coroner came back and said no, he actually they tipped the fireworks down somehow, and so instead of shooting up, they shot at people, Jesus. and they all scurried to run, obviously, and he couldn't get out of the way. God. I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, on that note, here's my statement. Awful. All right. <laughs> Shohei Otani would be a national treasure if anyone still cared about baseball. <laughs> I got that in my notes, too. <laughs> Dude, this guy. All right. It, the, oh. the calendar just turned to July. We're basically halfway through the season. <laughs> this dude's on pace to hit over 60 home runs, which would have been. I mean, that would have been an even bigger story before Barry Bonds hit. What did he get, like 73 or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 85? Yeah. yeah, well, yes. So Shohei Otani leads the major leagues with 31 home runs. He actually he also leads the league in triples and slugging percentage. And he's one of the best starting pitchers in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. And this amazing story from The Athletic came out a few days ago, just featuring and highlighting how interesting and sometimes strange of a cat this guy is. Shohei Otani structures his life in the most efficient and convenient ways possible. He lives in an apartment across the street from the Angel Stadium. He practices stoicism so he can always be even keel. And he eats alone because, quote, you can eat quickly when you are alone. I love this guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's stealing He's my a cyborg, man. He's stealing <laughs> some of my tricks. He literally. He's so every morning. People. He makes he makes uh, he makes an omelet every morning. He's very he's very uh, Steve Jobs like in that, like Steve Jobs woke up every morning, didn't want to think about anything other than building a great company. So he wore the same black t shirts. He had he was like a cartoon character, right? Just gonna eat the same thing, wear the same thing wrong every with single day. Phil. Shohei Otani wants to eat alone so that he doesn't waste any time. Yeah, dude's amazing, I and lo- he's and he's about to hit sixty plus home runs. And be one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. We literally haven't seen this in our lifetimes, and nobody's talking about it because nobody cares about baseball. Can we talk about this for a, a second, too? Because I remember, I think it was 1989, when Bo Jackson, around the time, burst upon the scene, hit the home run in the All-Star game, which was played um, at the Angels' ballpark at the time. Uh, and, I mean, that was the biggest story. Like, that was all over SI. It was all over ESPN. Bo Jackson was the thing. And it was really cool. And to me, what Otani is doing 
is probably more impressive because he's a two-way player. Like, I know that Jackson played two sports and was an incredible athlete and deserves credit for that. But when you look at what Otani is doing, he is a two-way player, which is just unheard of in professional sports. It is really sad. It is really, and it's such an indictment of baseball. And there, you know what? There's no way that our guy Manfred can justify this one, right? Like with Trout, it was like, well, he's sort of, uh, Mike Trout's sort of boring, so I guess we can't feature him. And you know what? Mike Trout's a great player, but he's a play. He's a normal player. Like this guy, to your point, Phil, is a cyborg doing things that no one since Babe Ruth has done. And I'm sorry, in Babe Ruth's day, he stopped pitching, too. Uh, This is really, this is probably the biggest indictment of baseball that I have ever seen. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Also worth noting here, too, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and Trout's been hurt for like the last month, but those are probably the two, well, Fernando Tatis, like those are two of the five best players in baseball. Maybe even the two best players in baseball when you account for the fact that Mike Trout's the best and Shohei Otani is the best power hitter who also pitches. And the Angels haven't made the playoffs. This will be the seventh year because they're not going to make the playoffs unless they, they're nine back in the division. Seven years. And they've had Shohei Otani and Mike Trout for half that time. Mm-hmm. Oof. Woof. It's rough. And they've got, they've got some money to spend there. It's Los Angeles. Oh, right? Definitely do. Not broke. All right, Declan. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go a weekend observation as well. Um, so my statement is so close but still so far. So I played a round on Sunday. Played some 18. Couple buddies, Fourth July weekend. No one was on the course. By the way, nice. eighteen holes, three guys, three hours and twenty five minutes. Unbelievable pace, and we that there includes a stop at the turn to get food and beverages before going on the back nine. So that was unbelievable pace. On the front, I'm at exactly fifty. Front nine fifty. I am knocking on the door of potentially breaking one hundred if I can shoot one stroke one stroke lower than I did on the front nine. I was killing drives. I had three drives of 270, something that's never even happened to me before. Absolutely punishing balls. Chipping game was great. And then what happens on the back nine? The uh, classic Declan meltdown. Ended up shooting 57. Still seven strokes off from beating 100. It's the best I have played all season. It's still not great. I'm well aware that that's still about a 15-stroke increase from where I was at the beginning of the season. So progress is definitely being made. But my statement is so close, but still so far. Oh, and I almost aced uh, on, on seven. I almost did have the most ridiculous ace of all time. I think the statement should be, I'm still terrible at golf. Well, yeah. I think that should be the statement. Yeah, that, that is. still. I said so close, but still so far. That That's insinuating. I have a question. Professor Butthole, that yes, I'm still terrible at wow. golf. Thank you. I have a question to ask, and it's a serious it's a question. It's a serious question. Whose idea... What was it to stop and eat and drink? Because I feel like if well, you're on a roll, you should have told your friends we ain't stopping. I mean, it, it was you, you. You pick it up. Like you can. Or, luckily, these carts have 
You know. So how, how long was the break? Yeah, Judd, you're not so, sitting so you're down for like minutes, an hour. Or literally two and a half minutes. Okay, between so the you time. didn't. Okay, oh, well, I didn't know if you like ducked into the bar real no, quick. Okay. No, no, no. All right. Okay. You, get, you can pre-order on the cart. You, you get said there, that. You pick so it up. like, and I don't trust you not, not to have <laughs> not gone to have, ahead, not like, to have 25 minutes sit down and yeah, have a beverage. Right. No. That, exactly. That, that's a I just know normal thing not, to assume. I know you, and it's the July 4th. Correct. Weekend. No. No judgment passed. Correct. Believe me, and I'm not, not passing judgment after my weekend. I love how like Judd's been so long since Judd's been to a golf course that he's he thinks like you sit down, well, you get a number, they bring you your appetizer. In, De- in like, Declan's case, I'm just I was just curious about the drink total, <laughs> much more so than the food. Again, all right, all right. no judgment. All right, back to Judd. Oh, all right. So I told you first off, I despise fireworks. I also despise the American League Central. Can I can I run through some factoids <laughs> about the American League Central entering last night's action around Major League Baseball? Oh, big win for the Twins last night. I feel like uh, I feel like if I'm Falvey and Levine, I just want to see a couple more series yep. here to make yeah, sure. Yeah. That oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, way more series. After the White Sox, here are the run differentials for the remaining teams in the American League Central entering Monday night. Okay, mm-hmm. Cleveland was a minus sixteen. Detroit was a minus 68. Kansas City was a minus 81. And the Twins were a minus 64. I hate this division. Like, I hate. I can't believe. I thought this was going to be the summer of fun. I thought this was going to be, you know, third consecutive run for. And it was going to be competitive with the White Sox. But a run for an AL Central title by the Twins, right? Like, this was all set up to get us to training camp. And even through training camp, talking about the Twins and the excitement. The entire division sucks, aside from the White Sox. And don't give me, well, Cleveland, blah, blah, you know, no. They are, run differential is actually an important statistic. And I just gave you, I cited you, the rest of the division after the White Sox are, in most cases, significantly in the minus side of things. I hate this division. On the positive side, hey, Max Kepler has finally emerged after yeah, two years. He's feeling very good about himself after 2019. And just decided that that was good enough. Middle of my prime, I can just disappear for like two whoa, years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, he had a great game last night. Last 10 Max games. Max Kepler's he's back, up. baby. He's heating up last 10 games. Stop. Just in time. Yeah. And they, Miguel Sano's if, 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 if he's hot, they should consider trading him. Hey, Sano yep. hit a couple balls hard last night. I don't know two why. Two doubles so last negative. night. I think things are starting <laughs> to turn around. He had to DH because Nelson Cruz has a stiff neck. From a severe coughing outbreak because he's been sick for like two weeks and they finally sent him to the team doctor. Yeah, he's been just hacking up lungs what? for a couple of weeks now. What's going on here? Wouldn't it be something if Nelson Cruz had COVID? Oh my god! And he could. they couldn't trade him. They couldn't trade him over the next three weeks because he was like in the COVID quarantine <laughs> protocol. You can't he dismiss anything. All right, my next statement is Maria Taylor is better than Rachel Nichols. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen all the stories, the New York Times. Um, it's a lot to unpack here, but if you haven't read up on it, the summary is about a year ago, Rachel Nichols forgot to turn off the camera and the microphone on the ESPN. Like when she was quarantined in Orlando, she forgot to turn off the electronic equipment that broadcasts her show and then anything else to the ESPN production hub. And she was on the phone with, uh, turns out to be an advisor for like LeBron James agents in camp. And it's a guy who's connected to get, like if you want LeBron James or somebody else uh, to be interviewed on your TV show, you contact this guy. 
and she just cuts open a vein about how ESPN gave Maria Taylor the NBA countdown and NBA finals job uh, for diversity reasons. And I think anyone who's watched, and I listen, I like Rachel Nichols on TV, but Maria Taylor is a fast-rising star. She's amazing at her job. And so this thing has played out just as embarrassingly as possible for ESPN. Rachel Nichols issued like a 15-second apology to start the jump yesterday. It was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but apparently Maria Taylor has not responded to any of her calls or texts at any point over the last year. And anytime you see Rachel Nichols on any sort of Maria Taylor-hosted NBA show, it's pre-recorded so they don't have to interact with each other. Yeah. I mean, amazingly uncomfortable and awkward. And uh, I just have to say, like, if you're going to choose between Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols, sorry, Rachel, I'm probably choosing Maria Taylor. So the most interesting thing about this from the standpoint of the next couple of weeks is Maria Taylor's contract is up this month during, the, during finals. the finals. And now it's very clear that ESPN leaked that she was after Stephen A. the Stephen A. Smith contract about eight mil per year to the New York Post last week to try and get ahead of this because it's pretty clear she's probably going to leave. Like, this is a complete cluster bleep. A complete, and yes, she's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, this also goes to show you that trying to trying to uh, use communication systems that you don't know that well probably is not that smart if you're trying to talk to somebody in a personal if, conversation. If Maria left ESPN, which mm-hmm. I think there's a pretty good chance at this point that she leaves ESPN, yeah. wh- where would she go? Like, what are the, what are the high-profile places there's the networks there's fox fox sports one but in terms is of fox like high profile still, is fox TV still paying job, aside from skip or do they bring their contracts down i think i think skip makes all of the money it's and then, unbelievable you know, there's shannon and but like yeah could she host is there any sort of could she take over for kurt menifee or something like what you know what are the what are the avenues for her to you know get she a could get out of sports too i, I mean she's really good across the board part of the story from the times that came out on the fourth was that she had been and to, or her goal was to become robin roberts and to get i think a gma position as well uh but yeah i, I mean if i'm nbc or something i definitely talk to her because yeah she's she's great but i mean this whole thing is just i don't know man I don't know. People. Well, I'll tell you, if if she's looking to ride out of ESPN, whatever she rides, Harley, could be a sport bike, cruiser, she'll find what she needs at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. If you order by 8 p.m., Dennis Kirk ships the same day and shipping is free for orders over $89. When the open road calls, whether you're leaving a company or whether you're just looking to ride during the Just ride months, right out of the company? You could. You just vroom, bolt vroom. away on your Dennis Peace Kirk. Peace out. All right. Yeah. Got my got my helmet. Got my uh, Dennis Kirk clothing at DennisKirk.com. All right. Any other final statements from you guys here? Whoops. That's totally the wrong button. Maybe it fits, though. I was going to say, it might fit the ESPN fit. woes. <laughs> it does. Any final statements from you guys? Mm, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. good. I'm good. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, also, every Tuesday on this show, Declan goes back, finds random seasons from Minnesota sports past, and puts Judd and I through the ringer here. Uh, this is random season recall. What do you got for us this week here, Declan? All right. We're going to 2007 Minnesota Twins for a oh random season recall. We're going back to baseball. 
We did a little North Stars edition last week. Judd disappointed me. I was expecting a lot more. Yeah, that was a bad season. Um, before, so we're, we we'll, got my we'll, we'll go back to baseball. We'll let you two uh, collaborate here and figure out the 2007 Minnesota Twins. Okay. Uh, let's start with this. And by the way, my parameters, just so I'm all on the same page as both my uh, esteemed co-hosts here. Uh, when I give the win total, do you want to be within like a three to five margin or do you want to try to nail it? Just so I'm sure on the buzzer and, and, and the right things here, because I don't want to stiff anyone. I just want to make sure we're mm-hmm. all in the communication. Mm-hmm. Speaking of communication carriers at other companies. I think for win- I think for wins and losses, I think with if you're within two. Within two? I think that's fair, right? Like okay. for, for the baseball and the. Yeah. And the NHL, yeah, and the I'd say two or three. Two. You're with, two you're or three. Two? Yeah. Okay. Within two. Well, all right. So uh, we're looking for a record here. Yeah, you're looking for uh, looking for a record and a win total. Hmm. So, if I remember right, I'm just going to go through the that era of Twins baseball. Mm-hmm. 2001 was the was the year they popped up and then faded down the stretch, and they won half. like 86 games or something. Yeah, yep. and they missed the playoffs, and then they won the division in 04. Yep. And 06. Yep. They missed the playoffs in 05 and 07, and they went to a game 163 in 08 and then 09. And they only finished below 500, I believe, once during that era up until the debacle of 2011. And I'm pretty sure, as I talked through this, in 2005 or 2007, this is where I don't remember, one of those years they finished 82 and 80. And the other year they finished seventy nine and eighty three. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, or like eighty and eighty two. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember which year they finished below five hundred, which year they finished above. But my gut says they finished slightly below five hundred in two thousand seven. I don't know if you have any recollections, Judd. I just remember how disappointing two thousand six was. Um. So yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, I I think you're I think you're right, but it's. I'm not positive, but yes. I'm going to, all right. If I said, Let's just, just between me and Judd, 79 and 83. Uh, okay. You guys, are, is that the final answer? Final guess? I'm fine all with right. that, Phil. Let's go 79 and 83. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> On the nose, 79 Whoa! and 83. Oh, there it is. <laughs> On the nose, 79 and 83. There it is. Wow, dude. Wow. I mean, come on. I feel like I'm on a roll with these wins and losses here. Yeah. Except for that, North, that random North Star season yeah. that Judd dropped the ball on. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, next one here. Three pitchers. Three pitchers made at least 30 starts that season for the Twins. Who were they? Okay, so we're, we're just talking among ourselves. Scott okay. Baker has to be one. Oof. Right? Because um, that, that's, that's around Scotty Baker's. Well, Johan was one. Yep. He got traded before the next season. Yep. Um, 07. I'm just going to give you. Yeah. Yo, Johans. And how many How many do we need? We need three, so two more. So two more, yeah. Uh, all right, Joe, this is just between mm-hmm. you and I here. Mm-hmm. Baker is a good guess. Mm-hmm. Johan, uh, Carlos Silva. Silva. That's the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking, right. Sil- I'm thinking Scotty Baker and Carlos Silva. So Silva, yeah. Silva for sure, one of them. Silva, yep. Okay, so one more. Okay, so let's talk this through here. So Scotty, ba- so we're looking for thirty starts. Scotty Baker would have been like just getting called up around that time. Matt Garza would have been getting called up around that time. Okay, but there was another guy, and I can't remember if it was that season. And, and was is that 
Is this the year Liriano missed? He was out all year with okay. Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Okay. But I believe they brought in around that time both Sidney Ponson and Ramon Ortiz, if you remember those two. Names. Former Angel, yeah, I remember Ramon Ortiz. Mm-hmm. So mm. I'm trying to think. I think between, if I'm not mistaken, Sidney, was it Sidney? Wow. Get a little bit on there. Sorry. <laughs> no, I thanks. Uh, welcome to yeah. <laughs> TNT's coverage, TBS. Um, all right. Ponson, so you, I don't know if they would let him. I don't think they would let him 30 start games? 30 games, though. Ramon Ortiz might have. I just don't remember on Baker. 08 was the year Baker almost threw a perfect game, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Okay. I don't remember what his starting lobe was in 07. Did Garza ever? So, did, did Garza get to 30 starts in a season with the Twins? I don't think so. Oh, here's another one. Kyle Loesch. Oh. Kyle, dude, Ky, it's Kyle Loesch. Kyle Loesch, okay. It's Kyle Loesch. Kyle Loesch. Oh! Oh! It is not, not Kyle. How many wrong guesses do we get? You get two more. Yeah. So three total. All right, well, Scott Baker. We'll give... Go ahead, Scott Baker. All right, we... No. So it's one, of the th- it's one of the three, then, probably, that you mentioned. Garza, Ponson, or Ramon Ortiz? I'm going to say Ramon Ortiz. I'm going to let you guess. Ramon Ortiz? Mm-hmm. Nope, Ramon Ortiz was eventually traded. He made 10 starts, 28 appearances. So they got moved to the bullpen after a couple Wait, of rough starts. You're forgetting. Was this a Levon Hernandez year? No, it was not. Wait. We were forgetting. You want to know? Do you want to keep going? Wait, wait, wait. No, yeah, wait, 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 wait. When did Radke retire? After he had a frayed labrum in 06. He literally had a, like half an arm in the game three of the ALDS against okay. the Oakland A's. Okay, yeah. so. He did not pitch. <laughs> so who? So have we not mentioned this guy? Mm-mm. I haven't even said he's him. not been mentioned. And he's a prominent. Hold Oops. on. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is killing me. Joe Nathan, closer. What other slappy pitchers would they have used? Kevin Slowey? Kevin Slowey. That a guess? Sure. Let's go Kevin Slowey. All right. Okay. Who? My only other guess, and, I, and the reason I didn't mention this guy is because his breakout years were 08, 09. Nick Blackburn? Okay, we're, no, l- let's just stop. Who you guys it? are forgetting about Boof Bonzer, who oh, made 30 oh, starts right. in an ERA of near six that season. He was okay, terrible. Okay, that's why, that's why we're forgetting. We're trying to erase the memory oh, of Gardy's Boof. mistake. I think he's a car salesman now. There Boof are still Bonzer. Boof Bonzer jerseys look, at Target Field up, that I see. Look up Boof Bonzer LinkedIn, and I swear I saw this like three years ago. I think he's selling cars. That's when you'd like to change Dude. your name back to your original God-given name instead of being Boof Bonzer, but that's okay. Okay. He's, 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 uh, he's, Boof Bonzer yeah. LinkedIn. Oh, my God. Is he a car okay, salesman? Okay, so he's, uh, he is. This is amazing. So his LinkedIn profile has graduated high school in 2000. Baseball as an occupation from 2000 <laughs> to 2014. That's accurate. Then he was a sales associate at Bob Valenti Auto Mall in Mystic, Connecticut from 14 to 17. That sounds like a movie. And since since 2017, he's been a General Dynamics electric boat pipe fitter. What? A, man. Some I, careers. How, how much money did he make, though? He must have made some money. Uh, I mean. Yeah, it's all in a bar somewhere. Hold on a second. I it's mean, all, a, it's all made, in the tail of Bowling. How much money to, do you think? How much money would you guess that he made according to Baseball Reference? Under under two million dollars. Uh, I'm going to say he made. I'm going to say he made no more than two million dollars. 
he was on minimum salaries forever. I don't think he would have gotten. Uh, yeah, money. but he played for a, a long time. He got some minor league money. I'm going to say he made like two point five. It's one point nine. He uh, so Declan's correct, but this isn't complete. It doesn't include a bunch of international. Sure. Like he would have made some six figure paychecks yeah. playing international. Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> well, if you Lord. played that long, you, you're going to get paid by somebody occasionally. Also, what wasn't he a fairly high draft pick? He was a first yeah, round first pick. Round he pick. probably had a multi million dollar oh, sure. signing yeah, bonus in two thousand. Right. I'm telling right. you, the guy made yeah. His his cash is all in the till at Bowwinkles. I told you that. <laughs> That's where it all went to. Him and uh, who who was the guy, the relief pitcher who loved to drink? Was it Bob Wells? Well, the relief pitcher that loved, loved to, to drink. drink. Yeah, there's Bob. <laughs> really, I think really it was Bo- down all there. of them. I, yeah. No, I think it was Bob. But Bob Wells, I think it was his name, and he would be like at bars constantly. Like he'd just be around Bob town Wells. drinking at bars. Oh my god! All of the usual. All right, Bob. Yeah, Bob probably like beer. I have no problem with that. Again, not passing judgment, just making observations. <laughs> all right, what what else uh, we got? Yeah. 2007 Twins. Just one player hit over 300 that season for the Minnesota Twins. Minimum 85 games. Who was that player? 2000. Your question, mm-hmm. Joe Mauer. I mean, yeah, that's what. I, but hold on a sec. It's Joe Mauer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yes, I would. That was the first thought that came to my mind. As well. <laughs> okay. Joe Mauer didn't so, hit 300. Did, did he? Was he hurt that season? No, I don't think so. Hmm. So he hit below 300. Mm-hmm. Joe Mauer hit below 300 that year. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, Mauer! Oh, no wonder they finished below Mauer. Mm-hmm. 293. Below 500. You drink wine cooler. Played 109 games. Okay. But, but he was not the leader in batting Hold on. average. Hold on. Okay, so, so Nick Nick Punto had every other year success. 06 was a big year, so 07 would have been a down year for him, so it wasn't him. Um, I guess Morno could be in the conversation here. I would say Luis Castillo could be in the conversation here. Look. Morneau seems more logical. I'm trying to think of the outfield and anybody who might have had success in that outfield. Uh, Torrey Hunter, was he Shan- was getting traded was at Shannon, some point. In the- was- oh, oh, Torrey Hunter had a big year, I think. And yeah. then, didn't he get hurt in 07? He like broke his ankle or something. In Boston? 07 was shaping up to be a big year he played, for Torrey not Torrey, Torrey played 160 games. I think, uh, no, I think it was like 2005 yeah, that 05, he broke his he ankle. Yeah, his ankle. Yeah. Um, what about Cuddy? Cuddy? Cuddy broke out a little bit around that so time. So Cuddy was in... Cuddy had a solid year that year. It sounds like he didn't hit 300 from the way Declan reacted. Or is he playing poker? Yeah. And then he hit 300 and Declan's trying to throw us off the trail. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say either Luis Castillo or uh, or Justin Morneau. need a definitive answer. Luis Castillo. You. you wouldn't have asked this if it wasn't a weird one. Luis Castillo. Yes! Luis Castillo. 304. Was traded at the deadline. By the way, that yep, season. That's right. But yes, he was the only player uh, to hit over 300. Is he traded to the Mets? Yeah. He got traded, uh, I think, back to the Mets. I think didn't they acquired him from the Mets, and then I think he went back to the Mets. Did he? No, he, he might have come from the Marlins. All the Marlins. 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 Yeah. 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 And then he went to the Mets. Uh, and... Last one, a funny one here. Who was Another funny about this. an infamous waiver claim in August by Terry Ryan, one of his last moves before uh, he stepped down, which he did midseason. Well, towards the end, but still midseason. What year did he claim uh, Brett Boone? Oh five, okay. Pretty sure it was oh. This is a this is a classic Minnesota Twins post August one waiver claim. Waiver claim, big waiver claim, and like was a prominent name. One of those years was Phil Nevin. Yep. I think he was on the 06 team because I'm pretty sure he celebrated. Pretty sure he was a <laughs> he champagne <did>. celebration. <laughs> yeah, he did because he didn't that do was a 06. thing. Yep. 
No, you're right. He did celebrate. But it's someone, I it's someone it. like Mike that. Phil it's like a, Hold on a second here. Like a Former Nevin. two-time All-Star. Former two-time All-Star. Oh, man. This is a good one. It's funny. What was what was the year they did they sign Mike Lamb? Was that this? Did Mike uh, Lamb play on the? Well, they sub. Yeah, because they signed Mike him to play Lamb. third base, right? And he was, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and then Joe Creedy they and like Batista, he was too. just washed. Oh, and Creed, yeah, Creedy's back was a mess, and they signed him to play on AstroTurf. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, can we get a hint? Is it a pitcher yeah, or position, that's what I was uh, position player? Okay. Position player, two time All Star. Oh my god! A, a corner player, corner corner infield player. Could play either. <laughs> this is great. Wow. Oh. Was it Ruben Sierra? Ruben Sierra, is that a guess? No, wait. It wasn't Ruben Sierra because he played. You know what? It might have been because he, he'd been with the Yankees. Yeah, that's fine. Ruben Sierra, that I guess? All right. Phil? Yeah. yeah. That was fine. Not Ruben Sierra. Who is it? Jeff Cirillo. Oh, Remember yeah. Jeff Cirillo? Oh Two-time yeah. All-Star yes. Jeff Cirillo? Jeff Cirillo. Great hit, batting stance, hit, right? Hit 261 with the Twins in 50 games Didn't he have his August 1st. bat, like, wrapped around, like... More walks than strikeouts. He drew 15 walks to 13 strikeouts. Just a no-BP guy. I forgot that yeah. he was uh, claimed. <laughs> Amazing. It's been tough right, lately. Not, not terrible. Not it's terrible. been tough lately. We, I'm, I'm going to... No, we... It's been tough. We nailed the Weiss Castillo, and we nailed the win total. That's all that... Yeah, we did okay, uh, but I mean, totally it's been nice. a little bit tough. It's been a little tough. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Mackie and Judd. If you are uh, on our YouTube channel or not, please click the subscribe button on the Scornoth YouTube channel, and uh, we'll promise to give you daily Minnesota sports entertainment in exchange. And uh, tomorrow, write that down, predictions, and an accountability session. Mm-hmm. See ya. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.